welcome back to the Adams Ward Podcast. We're excited to continue getting to know fellow ward members and uh, create living histories. And we're uh, in the home here with Kevin Hutchings today. And thanks for joining us. And why don't you get started by just telling us a little about your childhood, your highlights and where you grew up and some hobbies and things like that. All right. Thank you, Cameron. So highlights of my childhood. And I am probably uh, one of the more rare members of the ward as far as growing up right here in the Spokane Valley and totally enjoyed it. I had a, you know, I did have a wonderful childhood. I think mostly my childhood was playing a lot of baseball and uh, I have one brother and we were like night and day. He's like, uh, <laughs> I call him my older, smarter brother and because he, uh, he went out there and he had all these different science projects he did. I, I think he nearly blew up the basement a couple of times, but <laughs> I was kind of the sports guy in the family, and he and my dad was like that, and then he kind of took after my mother, and he was he was a science guy. I shouldn't say this, but one time uh, we used to go down and play the pinball machines down at uh, I think it was called the Triple M. It was a little hamburger place, and this, this is where I got my start in crime. I think he taught me he taught me how to how to shave down pennies to make them into dimes. <laughs> to play more games. To to play more games, and uh, I think, oh my goodness, my brother's nothing like that. But yeah, so that that was the end of my that was the end of my bad career there. <laughs> um, so playing playing a lot of ball and. As everybody knows, there were so many sponsors in uh, Spokane, and one of the teams I played for was Powell and Marsh, and that was a, that was a garage that sat on the corner of. It's where Walgreens is now. We're uh, right on the corner of Trent and Argonne. Okay. And my dad had a little pharmacy there called the Millwood Pharmacy, right in Millwood, and he was a pharmacist. So, I think he was the first professional person that went to uh, college in our family. Cool. So, he, he started that and, you know, that was really good. Late, later it became a little challenging and I know I've shared it in my past, but... Uh, as I got a little bit older, I had this choice, you know, my, my dad didn't go to church, much to the dismay of my mother, and uh, she was, uh, she went to church every week, and she was very social, and she loved that. Was that part of the Church of Jesus Christ, or was it a different that, church? That or? absolutely was, okay. and I was I was born and raised into the church, and I attended okay. until I was uh, about fourteen, and then I started going sideways. So that is uh, that's a story I've told where I had this choice on Sunday I could go, and I could go 
read comic books and eat candy at the pharmacy, or I could go to church with my mom. And as a kid, you're thinking, that's a tough decision. What's more fun? Yeah. Yeah. And I think later on, down in uh, down in the interview sheet, it asks you uh, about some of the turning points in your life, and that was one of my turning points in my life, and I so much. So much wish to this day that uh, I would have taken the other path. So, yeah, I think uh, even even some turning points that we feel like we've taken maybe the wrong direction. Think of how much we've learned from those choices. I mean, a lot of uh, you learn that in school all the time. You know, you don't learn anything unless you make the wrong, you get the wrong answer on the test or whatever. You don't really learn as much as as just you know acing everything so i think even even when we feel like we've made wrong choices sometimes those turning points really build us more than than they may not you know and you know that's a wonderful point so something good that did come out of that is that i have some wonderful empathy uh, for people out there struggling and i try to keep them in my prayers Perfect. And, you know, as, as you know, we have a huge homeless problem in Spokane, and it's starting to really rear its head along the freeway there. And mm-hmm. I do have empathy for those folks. That's tough. But... Life, for sure. You want to tell us a little bit about um, where did you go to elementary school and kind of your your scholastic upbringing yeah every school I went to uh, is still there Arthur B. Ness in my elementary years and a funny story about that is my wife who I didn't know at that time but of course I'm married to her now and she grew up on the same street as I did I grew up on Locust Road which is very close to uh Broadway and Argonne so she's the best storyteller in the family and then when I took her when we were in our 50s is when we got married and she or I took her to my family home which my nephew lives in now and she says are you kidding me you you grew up here because we have no idea We had no idea. That's crazy. Because my mom wouldn't let me go to the north side of Broadway, you know. It was... <laughs> Off limits. <laughs> and she didn't like sports anyway, so... But now I've kind of gotten her into some of them. We, uh, together, we enjoy bicycle riding. We both purchased uh, electric bicycles. Fun. So that is fun. A lot of people think that's cheating, but... You know, we don't. It's it gets easy. you out the door and into nature. By it does. Means. Sunshine gets me up those big hills and. Fun. Uh, Good deal. Oh, how about you? Tell us how you guys met. Yeah, I got a wonderful opportunity. I was laid off from one of my jobs, and I took a part-time job in maintenance as uh, at an assisted living home up on the South Hill and. So I was working part-time, so 
one day, I think I, I read my Nichols Nick or Nickelworth, one of those, and said, gave this criteria of how you could qualify for a, for a brand new one bedroom condo or two, depending on who you were. And my son was living with me at that time for sweat equity, and they would make the down payment. The payments would be low, so I ended up getting into this brand new condo for just the sweat equity, and like my payments were only like three hundred and something dollars a month, and it, and it was a brand new place, and you know their ideas to build people up, but I guess I may have taken advantage of that uh, a little <laughs> bit, but I ended up paying the debt and back all the loans back and it was so that helped the program go on for other folks and that is where I met my wife and that was 15 years ago so she was just moving into she was just moving into a two bedroom condo and she was she was on her own she worked for Wells Fargo for like 35 years and then I was out there working on my pickup, and she used the old line on me, coming up to me, saying, do they have a cable here? And I just kind of laughed, and I'm thinking, okay, this, <laughs> this lady, yeah, she's very attractive and outgoing, and so that was, that was how we met. She just came up, and then we be, both became board members on the condo association board, and uh, we worked from there. And then the funny thing is, I applied for work at uh, a real estate company called Kimley Haygood in Spokane, Washington, and uh, I applied for a maintenance position there. And she happened to come over one day and see see the application on my desk. It was one of them, one of the places that I'd applied to and it had my boss's name right there at the top and she says, you know Jerry Van Gilder? How, how do you know Jerry? And so the story went on and uh, I went and interviewed. Previous to that she had said, do you, do you want me to put a good word in for you? And I said no I don't I don't want you to put a good word in for me yet so maybe if I get a second interview you know maybe you can say yeah I know Kevin and we worked on the board and that's exactly what she did so I, I pretty much told people she got me my job but so who was that to her was that a, a relative oh I guess that wasn't very clear <laughs> no not a relative it was uh, Kimley Hagen was housed in the same building as Wells Fargo. It was the Wells okay. Fargo building in downtown Spokane, and now it's the Chase Bank building. Okay. So, yeah, she just happened to know him from the building. Gotcha. One time he uh, did allow her up on the roof to take some pictures, and, you know, it's got Riverfront Park there on the north side and made some beautiful pictures. I think we still have that around here somewhere. But uh, good deal. That was one of the turning points in my life. I know that's one of the questions on these sheets, but 
Of course, on the negative side, one of the turning points of my life was stopping going to church, and that was 14 years old. And then I tell people one of the best turning points was when I made the decision to go back to church. And my parents had both passed away at that time. I, I hope they're looking down on me and saying, Kevin, you're, you're doing so much better. You finally found it. <laughs> you finally get it. What so took what, you so long? What, what made you come back? Well, we were already living here, and you know how you, you go to bed and you start thinking sometimes, and I'm thinking, you know, I'm comfortable, and I have the woman of my dreams at this point, and there's still what's missing, what's missing in my life, and even during the, even during the darkest times of my life, I, I knew the Holy Spirit I'm sure he wasn't with me all the time, but the Holy Spirit would keep giving me prompts and saying, you know, what's missing in your life, Kevin, is God. And then one day, of course, and other missionaries had tried, probably went through five sets of missionaries, and then, mm -hmm. I don't know if you remember uh, Brother Beltran or not, but him and his partner... He was one of the missionaries in the Evergreen Ward, and he was here for almost two years. That's, as you know, that's pretty rare for a missionary. Yeah. And he was so personable and outgoing, and we just clicked. So don't ever give up out there, missionaries, Perfect. because there's people out there like me that need you, and you're, you're doing you're doing good things out there so you uh, so age 14 you stopped going to church and then finished up through high school and then where did you go from there did you go on to college did you go on to professional workforce at that point or you know I think I've done maintenance or warehouse work all my life so I did uh, right out of high school, and I didn't have my head screwed on straight in high school or just out of high school, so I... Uh, Few of us do, out of high school, have our heads screwed on right. <laughs> <laughs> Most yeah. of us do not. <laughs> well, I'm hoping you were with the church at that time with a little, little guidance going on there. But... Uh, People that don't go on to college, you know, they, uh, the, the best place to work around here where you can make some decent money at that time with no college education, and this was 1973, was Kaiser Aluminum. So many people would go out there and not knowing what they were getting into, but a former boss of mine, I, I worked in a auto parts warehouse and I was like a shipping clerk there and I told him I was going to Kaiser Aluminum and I was going to the shipping department there and that things were going to be good and he warned me he says you know Kevin people change once they go out there their shift work and the people 
<laughs> forgive me for saying this for anybody that's worked at Kaiser, but it is a little bit rough around the edges and, you know, I know uh, you can make choices. Still, I was making bad choices working there and I worked there for, for 24 years. Probably out of that 24 years, uh, I was either laid off or locked out for about five of those. So <laughs> that's how I finally ended my time at Kaiser was, uh, was uh, on a lockout. And that was 1998. For years, uh, my password was out the gate 98. So I didn't <laughs> ever forget that. It's still fresh in my mind. And then I, uh, another turning point in my life is something really good Kaiser did for me was that they sent me to school for for three years and I became an electrician and then they sent us, uh, they sent us to school and it was a on the job training kind of program. We would go to school and then we would go back to Kaiser for the summertime and learn the electrical trade. And so that, that changed my life. That was, nice. that was one of those times in your life you're going, yeah, that's something I want to do. And, yeah. and like I say, it did change my life. Was that through like a community college or anything or it was? That was, that was through Spokane Community College and okay. Kaiser Aluminum had an agreement and they said, Perfect. you know, out at Kaiser, we have this, that, and this, and we want these guys to know about it. And we want them to get a little bit of robotics. We have two robots out there and I don't know if you know, but robot is an acronym and one of the letters in it stands for uh, reprogrammable. So that's what the that's what the R is. So you can write code or whatever you want that that robot to do. Okay. So while I was locked out, I probably had five different jobs. And some of them were good jobs, UPS, and they were all temporary jobs. I worked for Honeywell Electronics and worked for R.A. Hansen. And then, uh, like I touched on previously, then this, I was kind of feeling like dirt by, by now, <laughs> being locked out for two years and thinking, I got to do something in my life that, that I can... Uh, make a difference in people's lives. So I thought going to an assisted living home and doing maintenance would give me that warm, fuzzy feeling. And uh, I find out that those places are businesses too. And, you know, they're there to make money. And although I got to know some wonderful people there and that uh, they, they also had a, an Alzheimer's award there and that was a unique experience if you've never worked with Alzheimer's folks and it was uh, it was both a happy and uh, and sad also those those folks suffer tremendously and in the evening they have something called sundowners syndrome I think they call it and these folks say you know I want to go home 
I want to go home. I want to go home to see my wife. And even though their loved one had passed on. But that is a very interesting disease. So that's uh, that's how I got my start in building maintenance. And that gave me a shoe in along with the electrical to go to work for Kenley Haygood. Then I worked there for 15 years. But I know there's some other questions. Oh, uh, yeah, but we'll just I, go straight into where, where are you working now and... Oh, that's that's even better. <laughs> oh, that's even better. I, I thought we'd gotten to that point. <laughs> I don't work anywhere anymore. <laughs> so was well, that place the last place that you worked? That is. Okay. That is. I thought about <clears throat> doing a little bit of electrical on the side, but somehow that just hasn't happened. I I've been retired for about nine months now. Nine months. And you made it. I'm transitioning <laughs> into it. That fills a lot of time. You know, people spend 10, 12 hours a day related sure. to work. For so sure. uh, I am slowly transitioning. I've just uh, recently taken up pickleball. And I was going to say, you got to go back to the hobbies. So You do. And... and so Mary and I work out a lot. We do a lot of hiking and uh, we do a lot of bicycling. And now I, I play pickleball, but Mary hasn't played pickleball. That, that was our first date to go back to that was to play uh, yeah. tennis, actually, okay. over at the old University High School, which was University High School at that time. And uh, mm-hmm. so did they have pickleball? courts within their tennis courts or where do you go no we were playing tennis at that time okay and uh yeah that that worked out wonderfully because my granddaughter is uh she went to uh to university high school and became uh quite a quite a good tennis player and then i went out and played tennis with her and Sprained the living daylights out of my ankle and give you a good workout (laughs) that kind of uh, I wanted to beat her in the worst way, but (laughs) I sprained my ankle and that hurt and I don't believe I played uh, tennis then but pickleball is a little easier even though uh, There's a lot of (laughs) there's a lot of knee blowouts and a lot of uh, uh, Ankle shifty movements Ankle, yeah, a lot of a lot of pressure. So I try to warm up very well before I do that. And I find I actually have some athletic ability, even though I'm still ignorant of the <laughs> rules and everything. But and I hope my wife embraces it. Also, so perfect. My blessings in my life. I. Uh, you know, one of the one of the wonderful blessings uh, that I've had is my health, and uh, the only bone I've ever broken, even though I've tortured myself occasionally, is uh, is a broken toe. So that you can't do much about that. Uh-huh. All right. Do you have any kids? I know you talked a little bit about grandkids. I have one son who is an adult now, and. Something to point out, and I, I hope my story is also a story of hope. 
And I have to say, I, I hope people listen to my podcast and I hope some young people listen to my podcast. I'm a perfect example of what not to do. And then another good example of what helps make things right. And if you end up getting away from the church, um, that's really a serious decision to make and it will it will definitely affect your family for the rest of your life. And I say that because my son, my son is out there struggling and uh, that's such a waste because he, uh, he was such a gregarious, intelligent, outgoing kid. His name is Matthew James Hutchings for this record and he has wonderful potential. I hope he uh, I hope he finds his way like like I am. Well, I think he's got a good example at this point. So, well, thank you. Just keep on keeping on there. So, and another huge blessing in my life is uh, when I married my wife Mary that it came with a wonderful family. She she had two uh, two grandchildren, and I met Jacob when I was three years old, and or I'm sorry, when Jacob was three years old, and I met Caitlin when she was seven years old. So they were they were wonderful blessings in my life. They kept kept me young, and we always do sports together, and uh, so. They, they are a big part of my life and they do consider me their grandpa and now we have Nicole through uh, through my son or my wife's son Jason so Mary has two children Jason and Christine and Christine is a nurse at uh, Sacred Heart she's doing very well and uh, she has a she has a beautiful heart also. So they kind of adopted me and into their family, and uh, it's it is a beautiful thing. Perfect. They introduced me to all the new restaurants. Yeah, <laughs> we're going to Baba's or someplace like that in downtown Spokane. There you go. Tonight uh, we're going to go deal. there. Nice. How about you tell us uh, just a bit? Uh, so. You came back to the church how long ago, and then what has nurtured your testimony in the years since then? So I came back to the church five years ago, and it's almost, uh, from what I remember, it was in May. So it's been a it's been a wonderful experience, and it so happens that. Uh, First of all, the missionaries took me to church, and I don't know how many people that are converts with our church or not, but it's a little difficult if you've been away from the church for that many years, and then all at once I know some people say, you know, the guy went out and the guy went out and partied for a good sum of his life, and now he wants to come back to God, and I can only say. Uh, that I did indeed pay that price, and uh, 
I did miss a lot of those wonderful family blessings. And I should mention uh, my wonderful cousins who never did go away from the church. That was that was always a family vacation for us. Every year we'd go to Utah and see my grandmas and grandpa and my cousins. So they were they were a beautiful part of my life and uh, somebody to be admired. I'm never jealous of anyone. I just am admiring yeah. them. And so they were also instrumental in my life along with my parents and my brother. And I should mention my brother fell away from the church uh, when he was a little bit older than me. And then he met his wife and they both went back to the church and became members of our church. All right. So. That's never too late. No, it's never too late. But all it, the brethren will tell, tell you, all the general authorities, it's never too late. So, And what's kept me, I think what's kept me grounded is something the missionaries taught me, and I pointed this out in my talks, is, uh, is the acronym CPR. I guess you know by now I'm big on acronyms, but, and that stands for, uh, for church, going to church regularly and taking an active part, which is so important. And uh, the R, well, I guess I should say this, the P is prayer. Obviously, we need to stay close to God, and uh, and the R is to read your scriptures, stay close to God that way. I'm not, I'm not excellent at reading every single day. That is my goal. Another one of my goals is to uh, is to test my faith. You know, not to test God, but to uh, test my faith in God and reach out there. We all have different different uh, different things in life that are difficult for us. So. Pretty much, when I'm asked to do something, I uh, I just automatically say yes, and then try to try to figure out how I'm going to do it later. There you go. Because some of these things, uh, you know, we all know how difficult it can be just getting up there and giving a talk and socializing. Those are those are two things that are difficult for me. It's a good approach to life. Just put one one foot in front of another. Right. Well, how about we uh, wrap things up with this last question that we like to ask people at the end. It's, uh, what does being a follower of Christ mean to you? Being a follower of Christ means to me uh, staying close, staying close to God and attempting to walk in Jesus Christ's footsteps we know we can't be perfect, but we also know that we're forgiven. And like you just pointed out, Cameron, that uh, just put one foot in front of the other. And when you're asked to do a calling, just say yes. <laughs> just say yes, even though you're going, no. <laughs> but things will work out on that. And, and it also means 
even though I'm not very good at my ministering, but I do uh, every opportunity I get. And I must say, pickleball is an excellent opportunity to discuss the Lord. I can just look at some of those folks, and many of them are retired, and I can just know if if God is in their lives. I can just look at them and say, this person is uh, close to God. So, I, you know, keep the word of wisdom, and uh, it could just be, uh, you can have a wonderful life. Love it. Well, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure chatting with you. Yeah, thank you.